Welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar. If you're eager to gain clarity, speak with unwavering confidence, and liberate those inner voices, you're in the perfect spot. My mission here is to empower you to break free, find fulfillment, and ignite your passion. You ready? It's time to say it out loud. I've put together a guide of my top 10 tested and proven to work practical strategies and habits to help bright women like you say no, set your boundaries right, live confidently, and build healthy relationships, starting with the relationship you have with yourself. This is a self-paced guide, and I can't wait for you to dig into it so you can start becoming your most confident self because she's in there waiting for you. Head to the link in my show notes or go to vasavikumar.com forward slash guide and grab it today. At some point in my journey, I really started getting this little, just tiny bitty whisper from my inner guide. And that whisper said, Amanda, there is something more for you. You are supposed to do something more fantastic than, than being on this hamster wheel that you're on right now. And to do that, you have to quit drinking. And I just thought, oh, hold up for a second, inner voice. You cannot be right. Like, surely you don't mean quit drinking. Like, that would be social suicide. Look how much I built my my persona upon this, like, little party girl drinking thing that surely, no, you don't mean that. You just mean cut back and learn to moderate. So I really tried to do that. Uh, I thought that would be successful. And if you've ever tried moderation, you know that it takes up more brain power than it's worth. It is a struggle. You are always trying to build up a case for when you'll drink and how much and how you'll get yourself to stop. And it just never works. So eventually I decided that this was, you know, that voice inside of my head and my heart that was a little whisper finally became a really loud roar. Hello to my brilliant Being Human with Vasavi community. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar, licensed therapist, confidence mindset expert, business strategist, and a first-generation Indian immigrant woman on a relentless mission to bring you simple and tangible actions and advice to help you step up your life and business. Get ready for unfiltered and unscripted conversations with some of the brightest and realest people I know in mental and emotional health, marketing, and business to help you get out of your head and get moving. Right now, I am super excited to share a few ways that you can work with me. You can learn more about those at vasavikumar.com or on my Instagram page at my name is Vasavi. The first way to work with me is directly in a one-on-one VIP capacity to step up your inner game in 90 days. This is a very high-level, high-touch, personalized opportunity to dig deep with me by your side to excavate your limiting beliefs and work through whatever is stopping you from being, doing, and having anything you want. And you'll be taking a lot of action. The second way to learn from me and be surrounded by people who are committed to becoming the person they were born to be is through my membership community called Mind Your Own Business. To join the community, head on over to vasavikumar.com. And now it's time for another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. We're finally going to be hearing it from somebody else other than me about why getting sober Giving up alcohol, which you're not really giving up anything, is really the key to getting anything that you want in life. And when I say this, you guys, I don't sit here, I'm not a recovery coach, sobriety coach, I'm not helping people get sober. So I decided to bring on my friend, Amanda Kuda, who is a mindset coach, and she coaches women who are ready to step into their authentic power and shine bright. And she shows her clients, and she's going to show you today. Why giving up alcohol is the key. Now, I'm going to be the first person to say this. I was definitely that person that was in denial. And I said, I am fine because I'm high functioning and I make good money and it's okay that I drink here and there. And of course, having mental illness and addiction run in my family, it got worse. It had no choice but to get worse, right? Addiction is a progressive disease. Now, here's the thing. You may be turned off by listening to this because you're like, oh, it's all about alcohol, but I like having a margarita or a dirty martini, extra dirty. Just saying, that was my favorite drink back in the day. And you might be like, why do I need to listen to this? Because this is the Being Human with Vasavi podcast, right? I want you to just be open. Just be open to what Amanda is saying. Maybe you've been thinking about, you know, do I really need to drink a bottle of wine every night? Do I really need to, you know, associate alcohol with every little thing that I do? Why can't I learn to just be in my own skin and be comfortable? So you're hearing it from somebody else because what I have not done is made this podcast all about giving up drinking and drugs, right? Like that's part of my life. 
I let you be how you are. I don't ever push that my agenda on you, but I will say firsthand personally that giving up drugs, giving up alcohol, which by the way, I didn't feel, I don't feel like I gave up anything. I gained so much more was truly the key for me being human and allowing myself to be human and allowing myself to feel all the feelings, which allowed me to really dig deep into all the things that were really holding me back. And now here I am talking to you on my podcast, which super happy about how it's going. So um, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast this is your first episode that you're listening to, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button because I pump out interviews and episodes like it's my day OB. And it is because I really love being able to share what's on my mind and to bring on great guests to really help you become the person that you want to be. Also, if you haven't already left a review and if you know, you've listened to a few episodes by now and you're like, man, I really like being human with Vasavi podcast. I'm so happy. And that really, really brings me so much joy. And so if you want to show me how much you love the podcast, go ahead and leave a five-star review or a four-star. But I'm going to just go ahead and say, do a five-star review. Please let me know why you love the podcast. And the more reviews that we have, the more people find it. And then the message gets out into the world. And that's really what this is all about. It's a team effort team effort. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode with me and Amanda Kuda. Keep an open mind. And who knows, maybe by the end of the episode, you'll have a brand new outlook when it comes to I instantly knew uh, I was going to like you. And honestly, you know, if you, I, I think the reason why, and I know the reason why is because you, we, we share the same value about how, if you want to level up your life, giving up alcohol is key. Yes. You, you say it with such conviction. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I really, over the last couple of years have solidified the belief that if you have something big to do in your life, if you have a big dream that you want to dream, or if you've ever felt like you are meant for more and you drink at any level, that the fastest way to get there is to cut alcohol out of your life. It inhibits you on so many levels, far beyond what you feel when you have a hangover. And I've proven that to be true with myself and with my clients. So let's talk a little bit about you and how you got here to this point, because let me just say this, it is, we've talked about this when, you know, I remember the first time we met Amanda, we were going on our walk and I was saying like, it's so annoying how alcohol is so glamorized and Mm -hmm. it's everywhere, right? You go inside a Target and it's like, it's Halloween time and you know, you'll have little children's costumes and then you'll have a shirt about drinking. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's just, it's just glamorized. So I know that it wasn't easy for you to get here, but how did you? end up here. So how did I get to where I am today? Well, first of all, let me just clarify where that place is. I am alcohol-free since January 1st of 2017. Um, That was never the plan. The plan was always just to take a real quick, cozy little 30-day break and then get back to it in a more moderate and healthy way. And I will tell you that through this experience that I now live a life truly beyond my wildest dreams. I never thought that professionally, personally, Um, spiritually, I would be at the place where I am right now. And it all is a result of really hard work, but also a a result of removing the biggest barrier in my life to all of those things, which was alcohol. Now, if you would have asked me, let's say even four years ago, if I was ever going to not be a drinker, I would have said, hell no, that would make me a social outcast. Why would I ever give up this thing that is kind of a rite of passage into society? You know, I would never have imagined that I would quit drinking, let alone, wow, mind blown, that I would become an advocate for an alcohol-free lifestyle and actually be a coach and a teacher who is teaching about the power of this because I know how important it is. That would have never crossed my mind four years ago, or even, I mean, obviously to me as a child, that just was never anything that was possible. And to really understand that, I think we need to go back to not only when I started drinking, but before that, because I was always a really awkward, strange, weird little kid. And I say that in a very loving way because I embrace that really weird, goopy part of myself that, you know, I identify as an empath. I am highly intuitive. And growing up in the Midwest in the early nineties, there were not terms for that. There was no, you know, understanding of why I was feeling and acting the way I was feeling. And my parents, of course, don't have an understanding of that. It's not like I was like, you know, I don't, necessarily identify as a psychic. So I wasn't like seeing visions or anything, but I could just really, really tune into people in a way that, um, I knew that my peers weren't doing. So I recognized that I was very different as well. And 
I was always kind of a little more mature than the other kids my age. I would have rather hung out with the teachers rather than my contemporaries. And to top things off, I came from a family situation that was kind of crummy. You know, my parents got divorced when I was in second or third grade. And so here I am, this highly intuitive child that probably needs some extra special love and attention. And all of a sudden, my parents' attention is divided. And on top of that, I have a special needs brother who always demanded so much attention. So I just kind of got dealt this stack of, wow, Amanda needs some extra love, but there's no one ready and able to like quite give it to her. And not that I didn't have loving parents or anything like that, but I just needed it at an extra level. And my peers weren't, I wasn't really jiving with them. So when I got to high school, my junior or senior year, and I was presented with this opportunity to have this magic elixir, right? That kind of took all of that difference away didn't make me feel different than, didn't make me feel better than or worse than. It kind of just leveled the playing field between me and my peers. And not only that, for someone who felt really different, it also made me forget about that difference for a short period of time, right? Even if it was still shining through, it was okay for the period of time where I was drunk and everyone else was because, you know, things were just weird and that was, that was fine. So it was just this, um, you know, like I say, a magic elixir potion that offered this leveling out capability. And at that point I gave alcohol power and prestige in my life. I thought, wow, this is a thing that I need. And on top of that, um, anyone who grew up around the same time as me, I'm 34 and I graduated high school in 2004. So that was the peak of sex in the city. So here I am being entertained with these, you know, fabulous women, Carrie Bradshaw types who are going out on the town, seducing wonderful men, living these fantastic and fabulous lives. And they always have a martini in hand. So I immediately build the image of what it means to be a smart, successful, sexy woman is to have a martini in your hand. So I went through college drinking and partying, yet still showing up to classes and getting great grades as I was super high functioning um, as an individual. And then got through to my first, got through grad school and got to my first job in the big kid world. And that was a time for Carrie Bradshaw to come out. That was the time where I was making money so I could go spend dollars at happy hour and go sit around at the fancy places and hang out with people and, and just live this quote unquote glamorous life. Like, but you know, I was still hiding behind a facade. I was not a glamorous person. I, um, you know, didn't believe those things about myself. It was all a ruse that was fueled by alcohol. And at some point in my journey, I really started getting this little, just tiny bitty whisper from my inner guide. And that whisper said, Amanda, there is something more for you. You are supposed to do something more fantastic than, than being on this hamster wheel that you're on right now. And to do that, you have to quit drinking. And I just thought, oh, hold up for a second in her voice. You cannot be right. Like, surely you don't mean quit drinking. Like, that would be social suicide. Look how much I built my my persona upon this, like, little party girl drinking thing that surely, no, you don't mean that. You just mean cut back and learn to moderate. So I really tried to do that. Uh, I thought that would be successful. And if you've ever tried moderation, you know that it takes up more brain power than it's worth. It is a struggle. You are always trying to build up a case for when you'll drink and how much and how you'll get yourself to stop. And it just never works. So eventually I decided that this was, you know, that voice inside of my head and my heart, that was a little whisper finally became a really loud roar. And I felt such pain and incongruence with who I was and who I was supposed to be that I had no choice, but to listen to that voice and really just try to renegotiate my relationship with alcohol. And after taking a break and then doing a lot of personal work and inquiry, I, I realized that, you know, there was no one out there talking about this quite like I needed to hear when I was stopping. And I had done a ton of work and I'd really paved my own way and found a process that worked for me that since I didn't identify with being an alcoholic was outside of traditional recovery. Um, so I made this kind of unique and personalized process and I thought, wow, it's actually, it's my moral authority to be sharing this message with other people because I cannot be the only one who is looking for this message. And sure enough, I wasn't. So I started, um, I had already been coaching, but I really shifted my focus to coach women who are, um, 
high achievers who are very successful and are just drinking more than they would like and would like to shift that relationship so they can step into their most authentic self, the most powerful, magnificent version of themselves who's living a life beyond their wildest dreams. Like I feel that I have achieved and am continuing to achieve and grow. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. That is how I went from being party girl, Carrie Bradshaw wannabe to a Texan gal talking about taking a break from drinking and how that can be the key to all of your success, which I truly, truly believe is true. So when we, you know, people look at alcohol, like giving up alcohol is like, I'm losing so much. But what I hear you saying, and I've obviously experienced this firsthand myself, but I want to hear it from you. What, you know, for the people listening who's like, I'm not going to give up alcohol. What I really hear is that we're gaining so much when we give up alcohol, right? Um, What what in your, in your words, what, what is it that we actually gain? Cause I really, I want to hit this point home with the people listening. Well, what you gain ultimately is a monumental sense of self-worth because let's, let's talk about this. When yeah. you drink alcohol, we all know we went through dare. I don't know if they still do that, but we all, <laughs> most of us who are listening went through dare. We went through health class. We know that alcohol is bad. It's addictive. It's a poison. It is literally gasoline. I mean, it is ethanol with sugar poured into it. So you can, you can justify the taste and, or tolerate the taste. And so we know alcohol is not good for you. We know it causes all these bad side effects and we know that it can cause you to do all of these bad things, but you will still drink it because you have to believe that there is some sort of perceived benefit, right? So you have to believe that you're drinking this thing and it's going to help you in some way. So in my mind, I separate this into two categories. It's either going to help you achieve a more favorable outcome. So you're going to be sexier, more flirtatious, more fun, more exciting, less nervous, or it will help you avoid an undesirable outcome, which is feeling left out, feeling um, scared, feeling nervous, feeling anxious. So either whichever way you look at it, if it's either you're trying to avoid something negative or trying to go towards something positive um, as an outcome, whatever that is, the, the core message that you are sending to yourself subconsciously is, I don't believe that I'm enough to get there on my own. I don't believe that I can be funny, sexy, smart, confident, um, calm, energetic, engaging. I don't believe that I am able to do that on my own. And when you look at it that way, it's a really sad message that you're sending yourself, but there's no other outcome. If you're drinking at any sort of level, there's no other, there's no other message you might be sending yourself other than I'm not enough without this, or I can't be what I want to be without this substance. There's also this layer of like, I can't handle fill in the blank, right? So, and then, so then there's also, and that's a worth conversation too, but it also really, you're telling yourself, I don't have what it takes. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worthy of it. I don't have what it takes. I can't handle this hard day at work, this tough conversation with my spouse, this first date, this stressful week, this party, um, you know, I can't handle it. Therefore I'm not good enough. For you, when was the... What was there one turning point? Was there one moment where you were like, I am done? Or was it more of a culmination of moments that you were? Oh, goodness. Well, you know, there's never one like, oh, so well, I'm done now. I'm not going to stumble anymore. There's always like a little bit of a descent and then like a try to pick yourself back up and try to make it work. You know, almost everyone who has tried to transform their relationship with alcohol at some point has come to this reckoning of, man, something isn't working here. Something's got to change. And what I want to pause and say is if you've ever had that thought, if you've ever had that thought cross your mind, it is not an idle thought. Your subconscious, your inner guide, whatever you want to call it, does not speak to you at random, right? You don't get these messages. I'm going to call them at random that maybe you should try a different way. If you've ever heard that message, it is important that you pinpoint it and consider it as almost like a challenge. I, you know, I say a calling, but that might not resonate with some people. And I started to hear that little calling, that little like small silent voice inside that said, Amanda, you're meant for more. You should be doing bigger things and you can't keep doing them if you keep drinking. And I said, Oh, come on in her voice. You surely can't be mad. I'd be such a loser if I didn't drink. It would be social suicide. So I thought in her voice, surely you mean I should just moderate like, duh, that's exactly, that's what you're trying to get at, right? Everything in moderation. That's what they say. And I'm not sure if you ever tried moderation philosophy, but it is hard as shit. It is really, really difficult to moderate something that inherently is not meant to be moderated. Well, I'm glad you asked that. I, oh my God, our, my, my addict mind 
would tell me all sorts of things. So, you know, mine was, was a triple layer. It was a trifecta. It was alcohol, cocaine, and Xanax. And I remember I'm like, okay, I'm only going to get two bottles of wine and I'm only going to get like one gram of cocaine. Yes. But then of course, once you put, like, and I literally, when I look back at how I used to try to control my addiction, the, 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 the rationalization and the, I got this, I, I, I'm in control of this is the nature of addiction, right? The, oh, absolutely. The addict mind will tell you that you're in control, mm-hmm. right? And then you just inevitably spin out of control because you were never in control in the first place. You were powerless because without that thing, you cannot function. So you're a powerless in the face of that, that substance, that drink. So I, uh, I did, I don't know if I, I, I tried moderation. It did not work. I, right. yeah. I mean, mentally you at least thought about it. You at least like fathomed it as a concept that you might be able to execute in some perfect world. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I am very good at bullshitting myself. hundred yes. percent. Yeah. Aren't we all, girl? Aren't we all? Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the thing that everyone who has ever tried moderation, here's what it goes like. Well, I'm only going to drink on Fridays and Saturdays, and then I'll only have two drinks and everyone in between, I'm going to have a water and, or then I'll also only drink on special occasions. And so then it just becomes this slippery slope. And of course, once you get a, like a couple cups of lubricant in you, you start to slide back on your, on your, on your deals you made with yourself. And all that would happen to me is every night I plan, I would plan on going out to just have a few and I would end up always having a few too many. And whether that looked like three when I was planning to have one or seven, it didn't matter because after some point it just all started feeling wrong and icky. And every day after I would drink, I felt this, um, one of my girlfriends and I, um, when I finally felt comfortable to start talking about it would call it the sadness. And it was just like this gray cloud that was over your day of, you knew you weren't productive. You didn't feel like doing much. You knew that you are, you know, that you are capable of achieving a lot, but you just didn't feel like it. You're just listless. And I know that has that the sadness has a different, um, name in, in different circles, but I got tired of the friggin' sadness. Like I wanted to wake up and be my best, most vibrant self. And I had proven to myself that I, you know, didn't have to be a balls to the wall drinker, but I had also proven to myself that I couldn't moderate successfully. So that told me like, I need to take a break. I need to make a change. And my decision to do that, of course, at the time, wasn't with the intention to be permanent. It was with this fantasy that mm. at some point I could become a moderate drinker because that's, you know, what we all wish for. But we, I, I realized that that just wasn't possible. And at some point, I also realized that my life was so good without drinking that I had little desire to bring that back into the mix as a wild card variable because it just didn't mean as much anymore. When you talk about leveling up, right? Because I know I, I, once again, I'm on the same page as you and, but I'm thinking about some of my audience members who, um, who are listening to this podcast and maybe they've thought about stopping drinking completely, or maybe they're in the moderation phase. Now I will say this as a 12 stepper, there are people who are normies, right? Mm-hmm. There are people who can just have one glass of wine and it doesn't hit the, hit their brain like right. the way it hits, like, you know, and I, I have to say there is freedom in acknowledging I have a problem with alcohol. There is freedom in that, right? Because then yeah. it, it, it takes all the other stuff off the table. It's oh, like, sure. you know, and I, I try to be you know, a gray person, not gray. What, what I mean by that is I'm a very open-minded person, but when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to mind-altering substances, I'm very black and white. Mm-hmm. There's no like, let me just experiment. It's like, listen, I'm 38 years old. I've done enough experimentation in my life. Yes. I already yes. know. So um, for, the, for the people listening right now and they're like, okay, where, like, you know, Amanda, I want to hear from you, right? This is what I'm thinking. Where do we level up? How does that look like? Let's take a quick break. Having been in therapy since the age of 12, I know firsthand just how powerful the process of finding the right therapist is. Going to therapy and talking things out with my therapist has made me happier, clearer, and most importantly, I have a plan for my mental health. I have tools to be able to communicate with others and also the tools to cope when life gets hard, which it does. So let me ask you a question. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, 
therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with the therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with the therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stressing out about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. I don't know where I would be without the help of therapy and my therapist, but I do know that life would feel that much harder. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this podcast. Yes. Thank you for asking. Well, let me speak to that, that everything you just said about, you know, yes, there are people who are normies. And if you're listening, don't stop listening because guess what? You can replace alcohol with some other habit that I know you have, like zoning out on Netflix, zoning out on your phone, overeating sugar, overeating, over drinking caffeine, whatever it is, we all have our secret something. And many of us have like a little, a little conglomeration of many somethings. And for me, once I got rid of the biggest something, which was drinking, then I had to look at that little like poo-poo platter of everything else, which was, you know, too much Netflix, too much social media, overeating, too much sugar. We all have our little vices and you don't have to have a problem, quote unquote, with alcohol for it to be a problem in your life, nor do you have to have a, an, you know, an issue with something to come to terms with the fact that we all have our own addictive behaviors that are self-sabotaging us. So what I looked at when I wanted to level up is, you know, I am an ambitious, high achieving person. I'm very capable. I'm very smart. I am meant to teach people and do something big in this world. Yet I was settling for, which while it was wonderful at the time, but I was settling for a ho-hum nine to five office job where I was never going to get out there and, you know, really, really challenge myself to be the greatest version of me. And I had this sense that I was supposed to be up speaking and teaching and sharing, and I'm supposed to write a book and I'm supposed to have my own business and do all of these things. Yet alcohol was just enough to keep me tethered to a social life that was distracting me and keep me tethered to sitting on my couch and doing other unhealthy behaviors that were keeping me stuck and playing small. And the second I had that out of my life and I stepped away and did a little bit of self-work and self-inquiry, I was able to start flexing that self-worth muscle that said, you know what? You can do this. You are capable. Yes. You, and you are able and capable and deserving of all of these things that you've dreamed of before. And you don't dream a dream idly. You dream a dream because it's yours to have. And I was using alcohol to hold me back because maybe part of me was scared that I, you know, I'd screw up if I went for that dream. And all of a sudden, after I pulled that out of my life, I actually started to believe and feel and invest in the story that my dream could be a reality. And then I started making it so. So really the first step was, and you know, it's funny because I interviewed Tommy Rosen and he said this, and I want to share it on here because we're also, we're talking about, you know, getting sober and, and being in recovery, but it's like, he goes first you recover from the alcohol and the drugs but th- then you start to recover from everything else, right? But if, if you, like I always say, I'm in recovery from life. Alcohol yeah. was just how I dealt with it. Drugs yeah. were just how I dealt with it. So like your first step is to stop using and reaching for the thing that, mm-hmm. you, that you use to numb your mind. But then after that, that will, that will build up your self-esteem. That will build up your confidence. And then from there, you're like, holy shit, if I can do this, this thing that I thought I needed to, to be and to live and to be happy, I don't need this anymore. It's like, it's like getting out of an abusive relationship. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. You, you get this sense of, first of all, you have 
you're building the confidence, but then you also have the free space, the mind space that was wrapped up with obsessing over when you were going to get to do that other thing, um, or get to turn off your mind. All of a sudden it's opened up to this free creative space where you can think and flow and use that brain power for something else. And so then you start taking action and that further builds your confidence in, oh, I have what it takes. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey there, this is Vasavi and my membership community, Mind Your Own Business, is the official sponsor of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. Have you been looking for a community of people who get you, who think like you, and who are determined to becoming the person they were born to be? I'm talking no fluff, direct, real, and a raw community of people who are open-minded and willing to be honest with themselves and be the ultimate creators of their own life then I'm inviting you to join my subscription-based membership community, Mind Your Own Business, a community of people who you can turn to, to seek insight from, and give back to. And I'll be there by your side, leading bi-weekly, monthly membership calls that'll get you inspired, motivated, and on fire to go after anything you want. Join today by heading over to vasavikumar.com. With the clients that you work with, um, what are some of the things, like how easy is it for them, obviously without disclosing uh, their information, but how easy is it for them to, with your guidance and having you there as accountability, how easy is it for them to stop drinking? You know, it is, it's always still a process, but, and, and for everyone, it's obviously different because you have different levels of your relationship with alcohol, but keeping in mind that none of the women I work with have like made it to the need for traditional rehabilitation or recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's kind of tricky for them is almost all of them have been able to take a significant break. So 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And what I find really dangerous about this space that I want to share with um, your listeners is that sometimes just our ability to take a break can do this like weird psychological mind F where it convinces us that because we could take a break, that means we were normal. Everything's all good. We don't have a problem. Don't need any sort of help. We can go back to the old way and it will be better and easier. Well, sorry, truth bomb. That never happens. That is never the case. And so then usually that's when they end up wanting to work with me because they realize, okay, there is some deeper mindset shit in here that I need to dig into and understand. And I am so blind to my own BS that there's no way I can see those blind spots on my own. And so that's where I come in. I know how to navigate your situation, your mind, if you're my client, and we can go in there and dig up some of the things that have caused you to believe subconsciously rooted deep in there that you need alcohol in your life. And once you stop believing some of those stories that you've held on to and buried in your brain so deeply that even you can't find them, it's so much easier. You know, you go from just checking the box of, I have not drank for 30, 60, 90 days to I haven't drank. And I understand now why I was drinking. And now that I know that I actually don't even want to bother with it anymore. So the result often is someone who wanted to quit drinking for just a short amount of time and go back to moderation. Most frequently what happens with my clients after working with me and doing this kind of reprogramming or unlearning, you might call it, is they get to the end of the journey and they're like, you know what? I actually thought I wanted to go into moderation and now I just don't see alcohol as valuable at all. I don't even think it's something I want in my life. And so I'm going to keep this going. And I, I can't say that it's easy. It's never easy. It's never like doves and rainbows and glitter, like flying out of the air, but it becomes easier if you have a guide, someone to hold your hand and show you the path and hold you accountable. Um, just like it is with any journey, just like you have a fitness trainer, you know, Vasavi, it's, would you get up and go to the gym and do those exercises without a trainer next to you? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. And so sometimes you just need to have someone who was willing to show up with you and see you in your brilliance and hold the vision of your success at the end and say, you know what, you can get here. And I can also see why you've been avoiding this. Let's do this together. And I think it really goes to say, here's, here's the sneaky nature of addiction and alcoholism, it'll tell you, you're fine. You don't need anyone's help. Oh yep. yeah, quit drinking. Yeah, no, oh, I don't have a problem. And that is why, you know, as you know, I'm very close to my sponsor. As a 12-stepper, I, we, we get, I work with a sponsor to help me see things that I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, see things that I don't want to see, help me see things that I can't see, offer a different perspective. Asking for help truly is the first step. Acknowledging the problem is the first step, actually. Yep. Let me back it yeah. up. So um, when it comes to... 
yeah. Have you have you ever gotten any any pushback from people who maybe want to come work with you? And they're like, "Do I really need to give up alcohol?" Like, what do you say to that? What do you say to that person? So almost everyone, it's if you want to up level in life for me, even if I do business coaching, relationship coaching, you know, whatever it is, that is a a non-negotiable, non-negotiable for me because that step of, of, and of course, everyone's like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to, and I'm hoping that I'll get to the end of this and I can have that picture perfect relationship, of course. But there's any, anyone who is going to work with me, that is part of the commitment. So even if I were to say in two weeks that I'm just only going to do business coaching, only a business coach and that's it, I would still only want to work with women who have um, had a relationship with alcohol that was not to their liking and were willing to change that because yes, there are people who are, have never drank and have always been like normies and want to do well in business. So hopefully that you're all are following this analogy. Yes. But those people, there's, there's a litany of coaches for those people. And I know that this special woman in the space of I'm drinking too much. It's not out of control. Everyone says I'm normal, but I don't like it. And I know I'm made for more. She has the potential for the most tremendous and rapid growth. She will grow faster, further, and, um, more, more vibrantly than the person who is you know, has never had a bad relationship with alcohol and had something significant holding you back. If you've ever been tethered to something for so long and you like let go of it, then you can really run full speed ahead. Like you are going to just take off. And, and that's the beauty. Like, that's why I love with working with this group of women. And because I was that woman, I have like such a heart and compassion for helping them free themselves from this tether that is alcohol that's been keeping them bound to this substandard mediocre life. What are the areas do you find immediately after um, people give up alcohol, right, with, with your help? Um, do you find that, like, relationships are the next thing? I mean, do you, do you find that a lot of the people that you work with then kind of uh, start, uh, you know, revealing their codependent patterns in relationships as well and with their family? Definitely. So there's almost always some family trash that goes back to your, your, birth, your birth family always. I mean, none of us had a perfect growing up experience. Um, you know, usually what we do is we do start to unpack those family things, but then yes, most quite frequently there is a secondary relationship like your spouse, or you haven't been able to, to attract a partner. And those are things that we would then work on because most of them are, also intertwined with your relationship with alcohol. You know, most people, most of their romantic experiences are rooted in drinking together with their lover or their partner. And so that becomes part of something we do together. And if we don't have that, then our bond will break, we'll grow apart. And this could go for friendships as well, actually. Like, you know, our bond will, um, will sever when we don't have that. But what I would say to any of those people is true, true connection is not built on a liquid bond. You have to believe, you have to go with me and believe that your husband, your wife, your spouse, your lover, your lover, your significant other, your best friend loves you for who you are, not an activity you do together or for what you put into your body. Absolutely. It's really funny because, you know, when you get sober, you start to realize, you look around you and all the people, places and things that you were so hooked on are really, you realize, man, well, now that I don't drink, what really tied me to this person it was just alcohol. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And th then you create space for new stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. You start to have this kind of awakening of, I, I maybe, and, and some of your friends, you will stay friends with a hundred percent. Absolutely. There are people who will stay in your life. Some people you'll have to renegotiate your friendship with them, but a lot of the friendships that you had built on a liquid bond, those will start to become unfulfilling to you. Even though right now you're starting, you might be worrying like, Oh, well, Amanda, if I quit drinking, then so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so, all we do is drink together. They won't want to be my friends. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, first of all, they suck and they, you don't want to be their friend anyway. Yeah. And secondly, what is more likely to happen is you're going to keep trying to make it work. And you'll realize that because you have grown so much, because you're not just going to quit drinking, you're going to, you're going to start up-leveling other areas of your life. You're going to be up-leveling spiritually, professionally, um, just in your own personal growth. And you'll find that you start to go out and around those people who you were, you know, you're hoping to stay close to. And then it's just kind of like ho-hum. You don't want to hang out with them. You don't want to do what they're doing anymore. You're not emotionally satisfied or uplifted. You don't feel like they're there for you. And you don't feel like you're getting fulfilling 
interaction out of the time you're with them. So eventually you'll probably just want to kind of fade away from those people anyway. And that's okay too. What can people expect when they're, well, hold on. Actually, let me ask you this. How have you ever worked with someone? Well, you said you never really worked with anyone who went to rehab, right? Mm -hmm. But for someone listening who's like, well, I don't know if I need to go to rehab or not, right? Mm -hmm. What, what is kind of the, and I know you've never been to rehab and I have, so I think we could have a good dialogue about this. What would you, you know, how, how, what would you say to that person coming to you? And you're like, you know what? I think you might have a little bit more of a problem outside of your scope. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, you know, some of the, it's, it's frequency and how, so how often you're drinking and how much, and most of the women who work with me, that would be characterized as a few glasses to a bottle every night or nothing through the week and very heavily on the weekends. So I would say that that's really what characterizes a gray area, um, drinker. And then someone who is above that is I think like eight to 10 or 10 plus drinks a week. So you could do it by drinks or you could also just be, do it by like, how much is it affecting your life? Are you able to show up and cope with um, your day to day? Or are you about to like hit a rock bottom where you can't, you can't go to work. You can't take care of your kids. You are stuck in bed all day. And you, you can probably, like I said, speak to some of those different characteristics a little bit more, but what's so tricky about someone in the gray area is the answer to all of those questions is no, like I'm still somehow able, even though it sucks and I feel hungover and draggy, I'm still somehow able to show up. But if there starts to be signs that I'm not showing up for life, I'm not showing up for myself. And this is more than, you know, two to three glasses a night or several on the weekends, then that's probably where we have the conversation of, I'm not here to help. I'm not um, capable of helping you at this point, but let me refer you to someone else who I know would be excellent for this. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I feel like that's the most honest thing that you can say. And it, it, it might hurt to hear that, right? Because not, we don't, no one really wants to admit that. I, I remember when I first, you know, when I had to go to rehab, I did not want to go. I, 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 it was my parents were like, you're going or like, that, like that's it. There, there, was no, there was no conversation about it. No, absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Like the first step is admitting that you have a problem and that is hard to do because you have friggin' pride and you want to be in control and you convinced yourself you're in control. And sometimes the most freeing thing can be either to say, yes, I do have a problem or you know what? I don't think I'm quite there, but I'm also okay with admitting that this thing is problematic. Mm. And, and whichever conversation you have to have, they're both very beautiful because, you know, there's a path for you. There's a place for you. There's a way to a better life that doesn't keep you stuck on the, the purposeless hamster wheel that you're on right now. So, um, you have something cool that, that is that people can immediately jump into, right? If there Mm -hmm. are looking to change their relationship with alcohol, if they're looking to give up alcohol, if they're ready and they're willing Mm -hmm. to do the work. So can you share a little bit about your 30 day alcohol challenge giving up alcohol. Yeah, for sure. So I've been working and reworking this beautiful 30-day alcohol-free challenge for a couple of years and it's had many iterations and the most recent one I'm most proud of because it has my most cutting-edge mindset frames and I know it's quite different than anything out there on the market that is marketed as a, you know, quit drinking program. So the 30-day alcohol-free challenge is a video guided program that you can start anytime. They all start on a Monday so you kind of get that nice like clean start. And you basically are guided through 30 days of exercises and homework steeped in personal inquiry and self-development. So with the intention of not just stopping drinking, not just like learning how to make mocktails or telling, you know, going to a party where you're not drinking, like I can coach you through that stuff as well. But the beauty comes from reprogramming your own thought system. And that's the work that I dive in and do with you. Um, and like I said, you can start that anytime. It's super affordably priced. Um, it's under $50 right now, um, depending upon when this airs. And it is a really, really beautiful program where you can start to do that personal inquiry and decide what the next step is for you. Um, some people do the 30 day program and work with me at the same time. Um, if they're just getting started, um, because I do need you to like make some sort of commitment to yourself, right. That you're going to go through and do this type of work, but yeah, it's a really great low barrier to entry program. Um, I do say it's only for women, but it's automated. So I suppose men could pop in and do it as well. Um, since there's no like one-on-one or group work, Mm -hmm. but 
it's, it's based on every single really deep, important question I ever had to ask myself when I was grappling with this decision of how do I change my relationship with alcohol? Where does that start? And digging into the different little potholes in my life that I needed to excavate some, some tired, rotten stories that weren't mine to have anymore. What I love that you said, you know, it's not about uh, giving you recipes for mocktails because People think, you know, well, what am I going to drink now? It's not about that. It's really about when you stop running from your mind, when you stop numbing your mind, then you are left with your mind. Yeah, exactly. Like mocktails are the superficial things. Like I can direct you to a million people who will teach you how to make mocktails and I can give you a script for what you say at a party or on a date or whatever. But those things are all so much easier is if, if you do the mindset things and shift your brain those things will seem organic and easy and not even important. So over the course, what, what can someone expect over the course of 30 days? Not just, you know, just here's the thing. The first nine, I, I think the first 90 days of anything is hard, right? It takes like 66 yeah. days or something like that to actually have it become a part of you. But 90 days, first 90 days is hard. So what kind of transformation, what kind of shifts can people start to see in 30 days? Yeah, good question. You know, I want to give the disclaimer that, and this is what some, most people aren't telling you when people are marketing their 30 day alcohol free programs, their 30 day alcohol detoxes, their 30 day, you know, resets or whatever they might call it. I just want to tell you, you cannot reset, change or transform your relationship with alcohol in 30 days. It is addicted or not. It is a dependency cause a dependence causing substance. It is meant to cause you to crave and require more. It is deeply embedded in all of your vital organs because your body does not know how to process it. We're not going to go into the science there. So your body hasn't even detoxed after 30 days. Plus you have probably a lifetime of psychological history with alcohol that goes well beyond when you first started drinking it, um, which is one of my favorite things to uncover with clients. You cannot expect to reprogram all of that with a known dependent cause dependency causing substance in 30 days, like point blank, it's just not going to happen. But this lays the groundwork. This helps you dive in and start to see the little areas where you can do a little bit more work. And yes, as you said, um, it takes like 21 days to start a habit, uh, 90 days to keep it going. That's with something easy, like exercise or diet. Keep in mind, again, this is with a habit forming substance. So I usually ask anyone who's really up for the challenge to go at least 90 days, but making it that just a marker in the sand, because really it would be nice to go a little bit longer before you start to try and dip your toe back into the, oh, let's try to drink again pond. So what you can expect after 30 days is having done a deep inquiry, you will know some of the areas you need to give more attention to um, and how you can then decide how you want to navigate that. But what I would recommend is then going an additional 60 days for a total of 90 and then reevaluating. Yeah. I mean, you got to give yourself a chance, right? You got to at least give yourself, I, I know that when I started with working with my personal trainer, it's been almost a month. It's been almost a month now. I think we're almost yeah. at a month and I've been eating really well. And when I first started, I was like, oh my God, I just want pizza. I just want this. You know, it's, a, it's with anything. It's anything that we are on, on, you know, hooking ourselves from. Yeah. And, and I think we shame ourselves for feeling like, well, I should be able to do this. If we were, if we should have been able to do this, we would have done it by now. Yep. And up, and up until this point, that substance, that man, that relationship, that, that food has provided you a sense of comfort. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding that and acknowledging that and uh, kind of forgiving ourselves also and having compassion for ourselves is really the first step. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just saying, you know what? I'm not a failure because I couldn't do this on my own. I'm not a failure because I can't drink like everyone else is. Like fact of the matter is you can, but your inner guide is telling you, you don't need to, you don't want to, you're not meant for this. And that just the fact that you've been given this beautiful message, and I know this is a little woo-woo of me, but the fact that your inner guide has found that little space, that little crevice that it can sneak in and say, hey, you, we want something better for you. You are meant for more. That is a gift. That is showing you that you are an intelligent, magnificent human being. And, and then just think what more is after that if you can get your life to a level where you feel happy and at peace. And instead of feeling like the world is happening around you and to you, you feel some sense of control and, um, you know, you're not just a puppet, it, which is often what we feel like when we're drinking that we're just like me aimlessly meandering through life. 
at the, at the consequence of everyone else. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. What, uh, for, for, for anyone listening who maybe wants to join the challenge, maybe get on the phone with you and talk to you about how you can help them, where can they learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find out more about the challenge on my website, authenticallyamanda.com. I think the specific URL is authenticallyamanda.com forward slash alcohol free dash challenge. Or of course you can always find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most often. And I'm just there at authenticallyamanda. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Vasavi, for having me on. I, it is a joy to know you and a joy to be on the other end of the line right now. Wait, hold on. Actually, I'm going to pause this. I'm going to edit this, uh, this last question in, which I forgot to ask. So let me just pause for a second and ask you, okay? Okay. Amanda, being that this is the Being Human with Vasavi podcast, what does being human mean to you? Being human means, ugh, it means that you are fallible, but it means that you embrace your imperfection and know that everything is happening and working out in your favor. And that sometimes the human part of you will, you know, miss the mark and that's okay because, you know, as one of my mentors likes to say, detours are always, um, obstacles are always detours in the right direction. So being human looks like falling down a lot, but also getting it right a lot and, and needing to pat yourself on the back a little more when you do get it right, because you're amazing. Whoever you are listening, you're amazing. Oh, I love that. Thank you for adding that. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you too. I appreciate it. And I love you and can't wait to see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. For even more inspiration and motivation to be the person you were born to be, grab my free guide on the 10 must-have habits of ultra-confident women over at vasavikumar.com forward slash guide. If you got some golden nuggets from today's episode, which I have no doubt you did, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a heartfelt review. And remember, when you know yourself, you can be, do, and have anything you want. If you love today's episode, then say it out loud. Subscribe, leave a review, and come say hi over on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Until next time, say it out loud.